0: Hey everybody, this is Steve Thomas. I am so glad that you've joined us on Budge today. This is the first episode ever of Budge, and there should be many more to come. Today we're going to talk about five areas, five very key areas, but yet subtle areas that all leaders need to grow in. So, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you take some stuff out that helps you to budge and move just a little, because small movements matter. First thing I want to start out with real quick are just three principles of budge. And so if you got something to write down, just grab something you can write this down. And uh, and and these are just things that I was thinking about uh, in putting this thing together. Here's the first principle of budge. Number one, uh, budge creates momentum. Budge creates momentum. So when you start moving just a little, you are gonna gain some traction and you're gonna then start rolling through this and maybe you're gonna start moving even more than what you had before. So. So, uh, you know, budge creates momentum. And so don't be afraid of the small things because the more of the small things that you do, uh, the, the, the more of the little things that you begin to practice to move yourself beyond where you're right now, it's going to create traction for you and it's going to create a momentum of growth. And by the way, this, all of these principles of what we're going to share on this particular episode is not just necessarily for you as an individual. But a lot of these things you can take to your team and your organizations and you can begin to implement BUDGE principles in your organization and with your team just to move everybody and everything to the next level. So keep that in mind as we walk through this. But number one, BUDGE creates momentum. Number two, uh, BUDGE builds credibility. BUDGE builds credibility. And, and, and I, I do not hide the fact that you are doing something to learn and to grow. Uh, don't hide the fact that you read this book or you watched this Ted talk. Don't be afraid of language. Like, you know, the other day I was reading or the other day I was watching or the other day I was on this zoom cast and this guy, I don't remember his name, but he was talking about growing and blah, blah. Don't be afraid of language like that because um, your, your growth and your movement builds your credibility. Um, now uh, uh, I see a friend of mine on here and I, I can only see about 20 squares and we have 68 people logged on but one of the guys that I can see and I'm not going to mention his name <laughs> but about 3 years ago he called me to come work with his company and uh and he says to me I am the one that probably needs to be fixed more than anybody so come work with us but first I need to be fixed and 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 now, now and and just to put this in perspective uh this is not a young guy. <laughs> he's he's not an old guy, but he's been around a while. And um, it was it, I don't get very many leaders that call me to come fix them before they fix the team, and that's pretty impressive. And so here's the long short of this: yesterday, Monday, I was with some of his team live, and um, and and he doesn't even know this, but they were bragging on him because they have seen tremendous growth and change in him over the last over the last three to four years, uh, because he wanted to. And I'm telling you that has built his credibility. So you know who you are. You can nod if you know who you are. You know who I'm talking about. So yeah, all right, cool, we got you. Uh, now everybody else does too, since you gave the thumbs up. But it's actually built his credibility because these guys are noticing that. And they're going, man, I mean, seriously, no reason to change but wants to because he knows he might be the cog in the wheel. And now he's not the cog in the wheel, now he's the one that's kind of making it turn. So he kind of exemplifies that budge creates momentum, but he definitely exemplifies that uh, uh, budge builds credibility. Here's number three, budge comes with challenges. Budge is gonna come with challenges, man. It's not like this is gonna be a free load. You can grow and improve, no big deal there are some challenges that's going to come your way there are some what i call enemies of budge uh there are some things that you're going to have to give up there are some things that you're going to have to recognize and face the challenge and move through it uh you know like like if you're this comes up a lot when i talk about budge whenever I, I told a friend of mine we were at somewhere the other day starbucks or wherever um and and uh and I said something about budge, oh yeah, you mean like you budge when you're on the couch and you budge over a little bit? So think about this, if you're on the couch and it's a couch built for three and fourth person shows up and they go, make room, budge over a little bit, there, there's a challenge in that. One of the challenges is that you are perfectly comfortable where you are. Why on earth are you gonna give up your comfortable and your warm seat to budge over, and when you budge, it becomes a little more uncomfortable. First of all, the seat's cold, and then that person sits down and says, oh, hey, thanks for warming up the seat for me. You're like, well, that might not always be a good thing, but anyway, the seat, at least the seat's warm, you know, where I'm sitting down. But it comes with challenges, because it's uncomfortable, and you were comfortable where you were before. Um, One of the challenges of budge is, um, is the risk of looking stupid. And I'm telling you, when, so when you make it known to people that you're growing, that you're trying to improve, that you wanna get better, you really do risk looking stupid. Now that's, I, listen, Epictetus said this, Epictetus is an age old philosopher. He said, if you want to improve, then you need to be content to be thought foolish and stupid. Because when you start budging, when you start moving, there's a chance you're gonna look a little foolish and stupid. You're gonna make statements you haven't made before and you're gonna try things you haven't tried before. And you're gonna move to places that you haven't moved before and you're gonna get your critics and you're gonna get those people that are going to wonder and that people are going to just kinda, you're gonna get your cynics, you know, they're gonna kinda like put you to the test. So you gotta be comfortable looking stupid. if you're not, then you're probably not gonna grow. And that That's me in the gym. I mean, you know, you go to the gym, you just, Thank God everybody else there looks stupid because you kind of just join the crowd. But I'm telling you, man, you just when you start moving and improving when you start budging, you got to be comfortable with that. Here's another thing. Past failures can get in our way. Well, I tried that before and it didn't work. Well, that didn't happen for me. And so I tried it and blah, blah and all these other things. So your past failures can keep you stuck and can keep you from moving to the next level. And so. What I'm gonna challenge you to do as we walk through this next part here is to put those past failures behind you. Forget that because that was then, this is now. Find new tools, find new ways to continue to budge and continue to move forward. Uh, Here's another uh, challenge of budge, the need to be right. The need to be right. Do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? And that's a tension that you're gonna navigate through forever in your leadership. If your only concern and your main concern and your main drive of leadership is to be right, then it's gonna keep you from moving forward. But when you let go of the need to be right, then you're gonna be able to experience some freedom and, uh, and 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 move ahead. Comparison is a challenge of budge because somebody else might budge a little better or quicker than you. Sometimes uh, you know, I'm a speaker, so I compare myself to other speakers. I don't do it on purpose. It just happens that way. I watch a TED talk, and there are certain TED talks I watch and I think, I'm gonna go work at Starbucks. I'm never gonna speak again because I am not that guy or I'm not her or I can't do that or whatever. And it's easy, it's easy to slip that mode of comparing yourself to somebody else. Listen, you gotta be you. And and uh, uh Einstein said this years ago. He said he said, uh, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll go its whole life thinking it's stupid. So if it's in you to be a tree climber, try then climb a tree. And if it's in you to swim, then swim. But don't judge yourself and don't get freaked out when you can't climb a tree and you're born and created to be a fish. And don't get freaked out when you can't swim when you're designed to be a tree climber. So that comparison will keep some. Here is probably what I believe, maybe possibly the number one reason of why. It is tough to budge. And to me, the biggest challenge of budge, it's the B word, busy. We just simply get busy. And and because um, things get in the way and because life happens and because of the times that we're in right now, uh, man, I'm telling you, it is so easy to get caught up in the here and now and not pay attention to what's going to happen later on. Here's another this is kind of ironic is that if, if you are a leader in a formal capacity, if you oversee people and that's part of your role, I'm telling you this, through this crisis and through upcoming crisis, you've got to continue to grow because you cannot lead people the same way through a crisis that you've always led people. And you have to continue to budge and you have to continue to move forward if you're going to continue to get better at anything. But busy gets in our way and and it is so easy to get lost in the day that I've heard so many people say this. I said, well, you know, do you read? They go, nah, I really don't have much time to read. Here's what I wanna tell you. You don't have time not to read. You don't have time not to watch TED Talks. You don't have time not to do something to grow and to budge. So, but again, the reason this is budge Carve out a small amount of time at the beginning. Just set that plan a small amount of time. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Just a small amount of time just to take care of these things. And then that'll create your momentum. It'll build your credibility, but you need to know that it is gonna come with challenges. So let's jump into the kind of where we're gonna go. And what I wanna talk about are five areas to budge in. These are five areas. Uh, If you've been in some of my sessions before and, and many of you have, then then some of this you're going to go yep we've talked about that before and you're absolutely right and i picked these five things because i think these five things i won't say that i won't say they're the most overlooked but i will say that they get pushed to the back burner often uh because other things uh get in the way and so uh some of you are very familiar with what's called the iceberg model that it's the top 10% that you see, that's the stuff we wanna change. That's the stuff we wanna deal with. So some people probably logged on today and they're looking for seven tips to do this or seven tips to do that, or show me five ways to do this, or just give me tips and techniques. And, and I'm not a real big tip and technique kind of a guy. Um, I, I'm probably not gonna give you a lot of tips and techniques. We're gonna end this call today with showing you how to do these five things and give me some practical things. But you can't do you can't change the ten percent until the ninety below the surface begins to change and shift. And so these things I'm going to these five things are the nineties percent below the surface that sometimes we don't pay much attention to. So we're going to walk through this. These are no particular order of importance. Uh, they are in a particular order of spelling, but not of importance. So here's number one, bravery. Hopefully you can see the screen behind me here, bravery. Here's the dictionary definition of bravery. Ready to face or endure pain. Ready to face or endure pain. Ready. Are you ready to, to face or endure pain? And, and many of us go, I, Not only am I not ready, I don't even want to be ready because I don't want to face or endure pain. Well, guess what? Last uh, February or March, you probably did not want to endure pain then either. But now, literally, everybody on this call. And everybody around the world is enduring and facing pain. And it takes a great deal of bravery to move through crisis and to move in and through leadership. It takes a great deal of bravery to lead people effectively. So think about this bravery versus comfort. Where do we tend to lead? Some organizations and some teams. Lean towards comfort. That's why they don't indulge in the hard conversations. And that's why they don't, um, they have a hard time holding people accountable. That's why they let things go that should not be let go, is because the bravery has not improved ever. And so, therefore, we don't engage in these uncomfortable conversations that we need to have. Some of you on this call, there are things you need to say. There are things you need to do. There's changes you need to make. But comfort and the lack of growing in bravery, courage keeps you from making those calls and keeps you from making those changes. Um, And and at some point, we have to continue to move ahead and budge in our bravery as leaders. Um, Brene Brown talks a lot in her book, Dare to Lead. She talks a lot about uh, uh, courage over comfort is that we have to indulge, we have to engage in courage over comfort, or we're never gonna lead people effectively. In fact, one of the things that she says, I think this quote's on here, is that we, you're, you're, you measure courage by your vulnerability, by how vulnerable you are. And it takes a great deal of courage. It creates a great deal of bravery to be vulnerable with people. And that sometimes, is where we fail for all kinds of reasons. Perhaps in the future we'll talk more about that and we'll break that down and kind of get specific about that. Vulnerability in your leadership kind of looks like this. You know what, I'm sorry I said that. I really shouldn't have said that that way and that came out way wrong and I'm trying my best to change the way I respond so quickly. That's vulnerability. Vulnerability in your leadership or your marriage or any other part of your life looks like apologizing. It looks like, you know what? I was wrong, um, uh, that I, I didn't get that right. It looks like, you know, you're way better at that than I am. Uh, why don't you take the lead on this? It looks like, you know, I really don't know for sure. And so we get this idea that leaders have got to know everything. They got to fix all the problem. And it just simply isn't true. And so that's what vulnerability looks like. Now, um, if we were live, what I would do, in fact, I want to do this real quick. I want just the men, And I can see some of your faces, so I know if you're going to do this or not. Just the men out loud, wherever you are. And if you're, even if you're in an office with other people and they're not watching this, it's going to, they're like, you're going to get their attention. Trust me. But all the men, just the men, I want you to say out loud and say it where I can see your lips move say the word vulnerability. On the count of three, just the men say the word vulnerability. One, two, three, go. Vulnerability. We had somebody actually log on and say it. That was pretty cool. And he said it pretty quick. That was awesome. Yeah. Here's what, here's what, I don't know for sure because I can't hear it and I can't see it, but here's what I, I probably happened is some of them got in the middle of the word and, and stumbled a little bit. Most men, most men can't even spell the word vulnerability, much less act in a way of vulnerability. It's tough, man. And it takes a great deal of bravery. And we look at vulnerability sometimes as weakness. Well, if I'm vulnerable, I'm weak. No, 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 no. It takes a great deal of courage and bravery to be vulnerable. When you hold people accountable, you're making yourself vulnerable. Um, when you when you admit weaknesses, when you admit strength, what's this? When you ask for feedback, maybe you don't know where you need to budge. I promise you this: people around you know where you need to budge. So maybe when you ask them for feedback, where do I need to improve? That is exerting and using some vulnerability. So budge in the in the vulnerability. Budge in your bravery, that's a big one. Here's the next one, understanding. Understanding, every single person on this call without me even knowing you, I can promise you, you need to grow and improve in your understanding. Now, if we were live, here's the question I would ask you. How many of you want to be wise? And I promise you, every one of you would raise your hand. Never have I asked that question and may go, Yeah, I don't think so. kind of want to be a fool. Literally no one sets out to be a fool. But almost everyone at some point looks like a fool. Wisdom, watch this. Wisdom and understanding are so closely linked that you literally cannot separate the two. That anytime you're going to try to be wise, you have to take time to understand And when you don't understand, that's when you say things and you do things and you think things and you act in ways because you didn't understand. That's when you start fouling things up. So we have to continue to grow and move and budge in our understanding of people, circumstances, situations, stories, any kind of understanding that you can get when you jump to conclusions you are not taking time to understand. And when you jump to conclusions, that normally is when you get yourself in trouble. So have any of you on this call ever said anything and as soon as you said it, you really wish bad you wouldn't have said it? And and if you're like me, it's not even after you say it, it's while you're saying it. While it's coming out of your mouth, you're thinking, yeah, I really shouldn't be saying this. Normally, we do that from a complete lack of understanding and 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 because we think we know, but we don't know. Mark Twain said this, I'm gonna move here so i can so I can read this is on my I keep this right here where I can see it. He said it ain't what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. But when you think you know and you don't take time to understand, I'm telling you that's when you are going to be in big, big trouble. Are you or do you practice curiosity? Do you practice curiosity? And if you're not practicing curiosity, my guess is you're not budging much in your understanding. Um, Do you really take time to get it? Do you really take time to understand, again, people's stories and their backgrounds and their behaviors? have you ever said something like this? This, this comes up a lot, too. I, I hear this quite often from some, some of the teams that I work with, especially when I'm one-on-one. They're like, man, I just don't understand why Kevin does that. He does that all the time, and I just don't get it. I don't know why he thinks that's okay. I don't get it. Okay, when you make statements like that, who is the ignorant one? Exactly, exactly. So, of course, you don't understand, but here's what's interesting. The person you're saying that about, they fully understand they totally get why they're doing it. You're the one that doesn't understand. So if you would stop and close and begin to practice curiosity and try to understand why this person does this or says this or whatever, you're going to get a little bit further ahead. But we've got to grow in that and we've got to budget. Here's a question I ask leaders a lot. Do you know what your people need and expect from you as a leader? Do you know what they need? Do you know what they expect from you as a leader? And I'm telling you this nine and a half times out of 10, the answer is no, I don't know what they need. Now, I I could spend another hour talking to you about why that question is so important, but let me just sum it up to say this, that if you have people in your organization that you are leading who have unmet needs, your culture, your team and their quality of life is not gonna be what it needs to be because anytime you have a situation in which you have unmet, unmet needs, things are not, things are not the way they need to be. So if you don't know what they need, my guess is, unless you're just getting lucky and doing it by accident, that you're probably not taking time, at least intentionally, to meet the needs of the people. What do you need to be the best for yourself? That's gaining an understanding of who it is you're leading. It's gaining an understanding of those people that um, that you are working around day after day. So suffice to say, understanding, All of us, all of us need to budge in our understanding. Here's the next one, development, development. Now, it sounds kind of weird to say you need to develop in your development, but I kind of started down that road earlier, you know, before we jumped into the whole body of this thing. Um, Here's a question I ask people a lot. Uh, How are you better now than you were one year ago? How can you say, and, 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 and if I get, if I ask that question and I get this answer, uh i mean i mean you know i'm i mean i'm i'm I'm, well, I'm a year older and a year wiser okay my guess is you probably haven't done anything intentionally to really grow and improve and budge so how are you better how's your leadership better now than it was one year ago how's your marriage better now than it was one year ago um how how are you a better husband a better wife a better parent than you were one year ago um, and and what happens when we begin to develop is we build capacity and sometimes sometimes our capacity stays the same for long periods of time and and if if we weren't around organizations or teams or other people or other things that are growing and moving and they are building capacity, that would probably be okay, but you're not. you are in a situation in which everything around you is moving you have to continue to build capacity i um so so um if now if you're not familiar with starbucks language this next part might not make a whole lot of sense but i'll, I'll try to translate but if you go to starbucks and you want a small drink you don't order a small you order a tall and if you want a medium they don't have medium they have grande and if you want a large then you don't order a large you order a Vente. So I can see some of you mouthing it. Clearly, you're familiar with Starbucks culture. I as well am very familiar. So I don't have a tall cup, but I have a grande cup and I have a vente cup. And these happen to be my cups from this morning. Now, before you start judging me, one of them was filled with water. The small one was filled with water. So, so this is a grande and this is a vente. There's more capacity in a vente than in a grande, and and the grande I think is uh. 16 ounces, the Vente is 20, and then the tall is like 12. Here's what happens, is that sometimes we try to lead tall organizations, I'm sorry, we try to lead Vente organizations on a tall capacity. We try to lead Vente people on a tall capacity and it just doesn't work. And then we get frustrated with them and we we are the ones we're not growing and we're not continuing to, to develop. So there are just all kinds of things in life that we have to continue to develop in. And what I have found is that when we don't intentionally develop in those things, it's not going to happen just naturally. That's what bothers me about the, the the answer. Well, I'm a year older and a year wiser. Listen, that's only a hope. You're only hoping that you're a year wiser. We don't know that you are for sure and neither does anybody else. So, what are you doing intentionally? How are you better now than you were uh, one year ago? So, um, you know, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you paying attention to? What, uh, what are, what are you, what are you practicing that you want to get better in? So, we have to get a plan to budge, and then we have to practice budging. And if we don't practice it, it's probably not going to happen. So. Reading, listening, searching things. How are you going? Here's one more area too, uh, people skills. How are your people skills better right now than they were one year ago? And I've said this a lot, and some of you heard me say this, that I, I personally, I believe that most people I deal with right now still have the same people skills now they did when they were in junior high. And um, And if, if that bothers you and you go, ah, well, not me, be careful because you actually might be, be the one. So how I, I just here's why I say that. You're better at math, science, history, English now than you were in junior high. Uh, and I know for some of you, you probably, you could debate that, but you're, you're better. You're better because you got out of school. You did something intentional to learn it. You got the grade. You got the diploma, whatever it was. So clearly you're better, but you're better because you intentionally set out to improve in those areas. What have you done intentionally to improve in your people skills? And and, and typically the answer is nothing, just experience, but that really doesn't take us anywhere. So how are you improving in your people skills? How do you see people differently now than you did one year ago? Um, All kinds of stuff on development. Responses, are your responses better now than they were one year ago? And uh, anyway, Development. What are you doing to intentionally budge in your development? Here's the next one. Gratitude. How are you developing? How are you budging in your gratitude? Now here's a dictionary definition of gratitude. I love this. And if you are writing things down, make sure you write down this uh, four-word definition. Readiness to show appreciation. Readiness to show appreciation. Uh, I want you to underline the word readiness because to me that denotes an attitude. It's an ongoing awareness that you are always ready and aware and showing appreciation. If you are a leader on this call and your philosophy is, why would I encourage somebody or thank somebody or show appreciation to somebody because they're simply doing their job? That's what they're supposed to do. If that's somewhere in your belief system, I've got a word for you and I want you to listen very, very closely. Stop it. That is a dumb belief system. Everybody in the world needs encouragement and everybody in the world can encourage. This is why I believe encouragement is your number one leadership tool. Now, encouragement is not equal to gratitude. It is a subset of gratitude. Gratitude is that ongoing attitude and which translates into a behavior that you carry with you. How are you better now in your gratitude than you were one year ago? In, in March, everybody on this call hit a severe disruption. What have you found to be grateful for during this disruption? And I'm telling you, the people I have talked to personally that have looked for things to be grateful for are doing much, much better in their emotion, doing much, much better in the mental state that they're in right now than those people who have spent nothing more just whining and complaining about the way things are right now listen we cannot control this what are you finding that you are grateful for in the middle of a crisis that is key do you intentionally encourage and show and express gratitude that's a big one so what are you doing to develop in your gratitude and i i and again And I have done whole sessions just on gratitude alone uh, mixed in with encouragement because they do go hand in hand, although they're not the same thing. So don't confuse the two. But I and it's it's tempting to just not jump into it right now, but it would take a long time to break this out for you. But I don't want you to take my word for any of this. What I'd love for you to do Is somewhere over the next month. I'd like for you to Google this on your own. And if you don't know what to Google just Google gratitude and leadership and read articles. Uh, uh, just just put in the search engine, how does gratitude affect mindset and set back and read all kinds of articles. And I'm telling you, it'll challenge you. It'll challenge you to do something different and to move in your gratitude. So what are you doing to budge in your gratitude? And here's one more piece of this. When you have, and when you live with an attitude of gratitude, and I didn't mean for that to sound cutesy. Sorry, they just rhyme. I didn't make them up. But when you carry this attitude of gratitude with you, when you are ready to show appreciation, you then will begin to develop more humility than you have right now, even if you're a humble person. But the more grateful you become, the more humble and the more humility you then uh, will possess. I've never met a grateful, arrogant person. The two just don't coexist. So what have you found, what have you done to budge in your gratitude for people, for life, for yourself, for all these other things? I am extremely grateful that uh, today, you know, we have 65 people on this call. Last week we had about 50 people on the call. Uh, we had 90 some register, I don't know what happened. Maybe, maybe I'm sure life just hit. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that we have people all the way from Honolulu to Pennsylvania, from Canada, all the way to who knows where. Uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm humbled by that because um, I just, I don't deserve that. And and so I, I am I am grateful and I'm humbled by that. And I don't take that for granted. And so if I could, I would send each of you a handwritten thank you note just to say, Thanks for logging on, Uh, but don't expect that because I can't do that. That would be next to impossible. But I'm grateful for that. I'm really truly grateful for that. And and my struggle is sometimes I look for ways to show that gratitude. You ever been in a situation like this where somebody gives you something or somebody says something and you you say thank you, but you feel like it's just not enough? Like you're saying thank you, but the English words thank you does not describe the gratefulness that you feel. And if you're nodding and you go, Yep, I've been there, good for you. Keep that up. If you don't know what that feels like, budge in your in your gratitude. That's a big one. Here's the last one: <clears throat> effectiveness. Effectiveness. <clears throat> now you see why they were in order and, and and they they spell out the word budge. I hope you caught that. Some of you caught that. I, I got a friend, I, I got a feeling some of you probably didn't catch that. But, Yeah, it spells out the word bud. Should be easy for you to remember as you go along. So effectiveness. How have you budged in your effectiveness? Here's what effectiveness actually means. It is you are successful in producing a desired or an intended result. Now think about this. You have a desired or an intended result. You have something you want to accomplish, maybe, Maybe this could be a thing with people. It could be in your, your, I don't know what it is. A goal of some sort, I don't know what it is. But you have an intended and a desired result. Are you accomplishing that intended and that desired result? That is your effectiveness. What are you doing to budge in your effectiveness? Um, How do you actually do that? How do you actually budge in your effectiveness? Well, one simple way that I have, that that I believe leaders can budge in their effectiveness is when they begin to take a hard look at and they begin to challenge their own leadership belief system. Let's go back to something I said earlier. If your fundamental leadership belief system is, for example, why would I encourage somebody or thank somebody or reward somebody for doing what they're supposed to do anyway. If that's a fundamental belief system, you are not budging and your effectiveness is probably not gonna grow. You're not budging in your gratitude, therefore you're probably not gonna long-term get the intended result that you wanted. So what are you doing to grow in your effectiveness? And literally you could take all four of the other ones. You take bravery and understanding, development, and 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 gratitude and you could roll all four of those into this one i realize that but what are you doing to grow your leadership capacity to the point that now you are accomplishing and you are now um, uh, 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 creating those intended and those desired results that you have always wanted so i'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because next month in the coming months We're gonna kind of tag on that one a little bit and kind of pound it out and stretch it out a bit. So so five things real quick, bravery, understanding, development, gratitude and effectiveness. Five areas that in our leadership that we always, always, always need to grow and we always need to budge in. So here's what we're gonna do. Um, I am going to put up a question the question is, where do you need to budge the most? These are anonymous. Nobody's gonna know who punched what. Most of you don't know each other, so it doesn't matter anyway. So where do you need to grow? Where do you need to budge? And just kinda wanna see um, you know, what's out there. Okay, I think some people are still, still thinking it through. I got some, I got some uh, questions before. Did this? Can I actually punch all five? No, you can't punch all five. It's not <laughs> we're not set up that way. Although I would love to. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna end that poll, and I'm gonna show you what the results are. Um, so there are the results. You see that? Seventeen percent said bravery. 31% said understanding, 25% development, 10% said gratitude and 17% said effectiveness. So, understanding is it, that's that seems to be the most popular one. Last week that was uh, that was the number one response as well. I need to grow in my understanding. I need to understand things better than I do right now. So, if that's the case for you, then I'm going to give you some tips in just a minute and we're going to go through these things kind of r- rather rapidly. To kind of what can you do um, to budge in the particular area? So we're all over the place. So I'm going to just pound out all five of these. Um, and again, you got any questions? You know, we've got about ten minutes left or something like that. Feel free to unmute yourself um, and ask any questions. So uh, how do you how do you uh, how do you now begin to grow and to begin to develop? Uh, in those areas. So let's go bravery real quick. I'm just gonna throw some tips out for you. Uh, one of my pet peeves is when I say something and I give people an idea and they go, oh yeah, I tried that, it doesn't work. Well, no, here's what I want you to get. It never does work. You have to work it. So you're gonna have to take these and put these in your own context, however you can. Uh, but just remember, it doesn't work, you have to work it. I said that one time years ago when I was doing time management, you guys remember time management this is like when this is before uh, digital um this when everybody not just me but everybody kept their calendar on paper so i was doing these time management sessions and i said something about a calendar and a lady said yeah i tried to use a calendar one time it didn't work and i said no it is not going to work it's not a magical formula you have to work it so it is not going to work so don't get caught in the trap of oh it doesn't work you have to work it so bravery First of all, have conversations to build connection with people. And in these conversations, at your own comfort level, begin to let the walls down a little bit. So you can begin to get to know people's stories, but more than that, begin to share your stories, and again, at your own comfort level. And you can start to budge there, and slowly but surely, you can begin to create You can be able to create and you can get more brave when when you're speaking to people and they know you a little bit better. Also, here's another one. I challenge you somewhere in the next month, have that one conversation that you know you need to have that you haven't had yet because you're a little nervous about it. But here's what you can do. When you have that conversation, throw out all your disclaimers. Just tell them straight up, man. I'm a little uncomfortable with this, and this is going to be hard for me. And I'm not great at this. I do that all the time. I tell people straight up, look, this is this conversation we're going to have is very, very difficult because I am zero confrontational. But here's the deal: I care so much that I have to have this conversation. So forgive me for stuttering and stammering over my words because this is going to be difficult for me. Throw out all your disclaimers. It's okay. Let them know that you're struggling with it. But have that one conversation. Show some bravery and have that one conversation. If, you're, if your bravery isn't making a change, you say, man, there's a change we want to make. Um, and and, and if, if you're nervous to make that change because you don't know how everybody's going to buy in, start small. Again, start small. Find two or three people that you know will buy in that maybe you've already mentioned it to, get them sold on it, and then let it grow from there. It's what people try to do. Sometimes they make changes. They talk to everybody about expecting everybody to buy in. They're just simply not going to. And so start small, find that crew, build them, tell them what am I missing here? What can we do? How can we make this better, blah, 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 blah. And then you begin to let the circle grow grow from there. So a little bit on bravery. Uh, You want a a great book to read on this, read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Just be very careful. The first time I read it, I loved it. And The second time I read it, it wrecked me. So be very careful. If you're not a reader, you can watch some of Bernay's TED Talks. And uh, she also had a special on Netflix, I'm sure it's still out there somewhere. So she's not the only one obviously, but she's great at talking about courage over comfort. Understanding, what do I need to do to gain more understanding? I'm gonna tell you this is quite simple. Have conversations create conversations you've got to have conversations with people and you have to ask questions and show some curiosity um tell me more about that tell me you know where are you from and why do you work here and just ask these questions to get to just break the ice and get to know any kind of understanding platform that you can use some of you on this call uh you've been in sessions in which i've done i use a personality color uh personality assessment called true colors It's a simplified version of Myers-Briggs. It is not the end-all be-all. It is not the only personality assessment out there. Some of you may struggle with personality assessments. That's fine if you do. I'm telling you, it is a platform for understanding. But even if you do that, you have to create conversations around that. So you came up this color. Why? You came up this style. Why? Tell me more about that. Um, have generate, I hear this all the time. Well, I don't just understand those millennials, man. They are just whacked out. And they do this and they do that. And the millennials go, I don't understand those boomers. Man, they're so old, they don't even, they just, I don't get them. And they do this, they do that. Okay, so if you're not understanding, then have conversations, find out. If you don't wanna start with conversations, then again, get online, throw it in the search engine and read all about all the different generational styles, the gender differences, the geographical differences, all the differences of people, and then take that information and have conversations um, in your in your organizations. Development, I, th- to me, this is fun. Uh, and it also it's very, very effective that if you want to increase your development and get a plan for your development in your teams and in your organizations, create small group discussions. And it's amazing what you can do when you create these small group discussions. Pick a topic, get together for 30, 45 minutes, however long you want to, and create intentional conversations on a certain topic, on a certain subject that you want to, that you want to budge in or that you feel like your team or organization needs to budge in. Um, and, and, then, and then set some sort of plan. Another thing, create a library. Um, It doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be extensive. You can start with just a few books. If you don't know what books, you can email me. I'll be happy to send you a list uh, of books that I suggest. It doesn't mean they're the best. It's just what I suggest and books that have meant something to me. So start a library. Um, Podcast. I told you I'm not a big podcast listener, but I have listened to some that I have absolutely loved. I need to listen to more. I, I just don't take the opportunity, don't have the opportunity, whatever. So, um, but podcasts, listen to podcasts and then share those podcasts with other people. Um, Ted talks, video talks, um, you know, get on YouTube and put in a certain subject that you feel like you want to grow in and see what comes up on that and just listen and pay attention and then, um, you know, create some sort of learning plan from that. Uh, here, here's another thing. This is, this is taking bravery and understanding and combining the two. Ask somebody where you need to improve. I said that earlier, I feel like some people maybe like had to log off and go to the bathroom for a very long time or something, but ask somebody where you need to improve. You don't always know, you don't know your blind spots. So ask somebody, seven so times say, where do I need to develop? And then set some sort of plan to develop in that. Gratefulness, uh, here's what some of you quite frankly need to do um, if, if you feel like you're not good at encouragement or you don't know how or you don't have the time. You need to set a reminder on your phone every day, pick a time, three o'clock, 10 o'clock AM, whatever. Set a reminder on your phone, it goes off every day to encourage someone. So whether that means write a handwritten thank you card, whether that means you can get up and go talk to somebody, but it needs to be personal. Uh, I'm not looking for texts, I'm not looking for uh, emails, I'm looking for face-to-face, or handwritten, something to let somebody know. So set a reminder. Here's another thing, this is a lot of fun. In your organizations, this is cool, start a gratitude wall um, or pick an object and a gratitude something that people are posting gratitudes on. that they're. I, I did this for a, a, an accounting firm that I work with and I challenged them to take a blank wall in their break room and to fill that wall. We put on it in big letters, we put gratitude wall they may have come up more creative name than that. I don't know, but anyway, gratitude wall, wall of gratitude, whatever. And I said, for the next, however long you want to, write on a post note, something that you're grateful for, some person you're grateful for, um, a quote that you found, anything you can do that inspires other people and post it on that wall. And within two or three weeks, man, it was starting to get full. And uh, it was, it's a very cool thing. I've done that in all kinds of different industries and all kinds of different ways. Um, have conversations again, I'm big on conversations, have conversations on what you're grateful for. Um, if you're doing a team meeting at the beginning of the team meeting or staff meeting, just take time and say, listen, real quick, tell me about something that's went great in the last week. Tell me about something you're grateful for that that's happened here in the last month and just get people talking about gratefulness that helps you with your gratefulness as well. Uh, gratitude journals. Some of you heard me say this. I'm big on gratitude journals. I started this alone at 1995 when literally, I thought that was not a year to start a gratitude journal, I promise you, but I did it. And it changed me. Um, it's harder than you think. Every single day, you're writing down something you're grateful for. It sounds simple. But uh, and it was pretty easy for me up until about January 15th, And then it was like, I've said the 15 things I'm grateful for, you know, what now and it forces you to look beyond just the normal stuff you're grateful for and you start digging deep to find out what you're grateful for. Effectiveness, challenge your own belief system. What do you fundamentally believe about leadership? Here's the deal. If your belief system is not producing the results that you want, you have to change your belief system. Very seldom can you just change your behavior or your habits, you have to change your belief system. And so challenge your own belief system. Um, And again, ask somebody, Here's two questions you can use to determine your effectiveness. How might I be a problem and how can I be more helpful? How might I be a problem and how can I be more helpful? Challenge your own belief system and start to budge um, in your your effectiveness. Uh, I heard this quote last week, said it is impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. And when you think you already know and you think you know, and then you're not gonna learn anything. Be vulnerable. Be humble. Be brave. Strive to understand. Create some sort of plan for development. Practice gratitude. And let's all become a little bit more effective. Thank you so much for joining us today on Budge. If you want to hear a little bit more about why Budge, stay tuned. I call this Budge because the definition of the word "budge" is to make the slightest movement, and what I know for a fact is that small movements matter. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten I've gotten some emails, and I've talked to some friends about this. They go, "Okay, you know, why and what's the purpose and that kind of thing." I just really want to help people move, and 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 just be better. And I want to help them do that in small increments, not in large increments. Um, because sometimes, sometimes some of us are of the mindset that if we can't do it big, we're not gonna do it at all. And, and there was a day when I would tell people, man, do big things and you know conquer this and conquer that. And, and now I, I make it a point to tell people, just do little things, just do small things because over a period of time, all those little small things that you do is going to mount up and equal big things. But Sometimes I get frustrated um, if it's not happening as fast as I want it to, or it's not as big as I think it should be or whatever. I'm not a real patient person. And so for me to even tell you, hey, just take it easy and take it slow is a little hypocritical, to be honest with you, uh, because I want to do it right here, right now. I joined a couple of gyms in my life, um, and, and the, the, of the three or four that I've joined, uh, it lasted, I would say, probably a month each. And that may be even stretching it. That probably even sounds like I'm bragging. But um, it, it, the problem is, is that when I ever try to start working out or or I want to lose weight or I want to change this or change that, man, if I don't see it right now, I'm frustrated. And I've just come to learn that it just simply doesn't happen that way. And so I, I wanted to create something that people could log on to uh, and just I could just share some thoughts. so I, i'm I'm be honest with you, I'm not going for fancy. I'm not going for impressive. I just simply want an avenue to be able to share some thoughts and some insights. and uh, and every week is gonna change. I'm sorry, every month is gonna change content. And I am really working hard to share thoughts and insights on these budge Zoomcasts that I don't do for ongoing clients. And so some of you have been in my sessions before. And you will obviously hear bits and pieces of some of this and you have heard bits and pieces of some of this before, but I'm, I've, I've got some new stuff that I just wanna kind of break out there and again, just share thoughts and insights. So it, one of our biggest temptations, I think of anybody that says through something like this is that when you hear something that we're getting ready to say, your biggest temptation is gonna be, oh my gosh, that was so good. I'm gonna write that down because Phil on the blank needs to hear that. Uh, I'm going to, uh, that. Now that right there, that's what so-and-so needs to hear. That's your biggest temptation because it's always easier to see where other people need to budge than it is to see where we need to budge. And, uh, and and that's, that's I've got a lot of blind spots, a lot of blind spots. Now, if you're married and you have a healthy marriage, uh, some of your blind spots are, are not blind spots anymore if you're listening and paying attention. Um, and so Deb, my wife has helped me with those blind spots. Uh, both with and without my permission. Uh, but I need that. I, I need somebody to to show me what my blind spots are. And so don't get in the mode of, you know, uh, boy, that's great. I hope somebody else hears that. Last week, right, this is the day before we did last week's uh, Zoomcast. I, I was watching the, I was just flipping through channels and I saw uh, a report on the, the Dallas Cowboys. So Jerry Jones now has taking his shot with Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is gonna be the, the head coach uh, of the team and, and, and for our Canada friends, we're talking about America football. There you go, Sean, thank you. Thank you, I see that. So um, now I, I like the Dallas Cowboys. They are my 32nd favorite team, but uh, I'm anxious to see what Mike McCarthy does down there because I like Mike McCarthy a lot. I think he did a great job in Green Bay. But in the the news, and I actually came back home and and searched this. I wanted to find out what exactly did he say. But Mike McCarthy, who is a very effective and and very successful, however you determine success, in my mind, successful uh, head coach in the NFL. But he makes a statement. He said, the individual who has the most to learn, the individual who has had to learn the most has been me. And I thought, man, you are showing up at an organization that is known around the world, whether you're a football fan or not, and is America's team. And you're making the statement that the one who has to learn the most is you. And, and I thought, man, that, that's powerful. And, and it took a lot of bravery, you know, and a lot of humility and a lot of vulnerability to say that for a coach to show up. Because sometimes we get the idea, man, if I'm showing up as the guy, I've gotta know everything. And if you don't know everything, at least some people have a tendency to even act like it. And so for him to say that was pretty cool. So so why budge? Uh, again, smallest movements matter. And the very, the very word budge means just to make the slightest movement. But uh, as we walk through this, man, look at where you can make the slightest movements and what can you take away to begin to practice. So-